It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. Pour one out for one of the best Titans in franchise history, Jarrell Casey. The Titans made a huge move today, trading Jarrell Casey to the Broncos for a 7th round draft pick. And there is a lot to talk about involving that deal. Did the Titans not get enough? What could this move signal for free agency going forward? And we may just take a moment to talk about Jarrell Casey and his impact on the franchise in our first segment. So we'll go over that blockbuster trade from the Titans' perspective, at least losing one of the best players in franchise history. So we will discuss that in its totality and everything that that means going into a conversation about where the Titans currently sit right now and what moves they need to make going forward. So in our second segment, we will kind of reset where the Titans are, talk about projected cap at this moment in time, what holes they still need to fill and what players they could still be looking to bring back to this team. And then we will cap off today's episode by just getting you guys reset for the league as well. There have been a lot of moves in free agency that will have an impact on the Titans this upcoming season in the last two days that simply we have not had time to talk about. So I'll catch you guys up on all of the other moves around the NFL as well. So let's reset set everything here today on the Locked On Titans podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed on whatever platform you do stream your podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else. We will be there for you, so make sure that you're locked in there and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans as well so I can keep you guys updated there. So one of the best players in franchise history, again, we will talk about his departure, talk about everything that may come next and everything that's been going on around the league a very exciting time to follow football i'm going to be bringing it all to you guys today let's get it General Manager John Robinson and the Titans shocked the NFL world and the Titans fan base on Wednesday morning when they traded Pro Bowl defensive tackle Jarrell Casey to the Denver Broncos for a seventh round pick. When you first look at the deal, it does look like the Titans weren't able to get the adequate value that you should be able to get from someone like Jarrell Casey. Casey has been one of the best players in franchise history. He has gone to the Pro Bowl five straight seasons, but if you look at last season, Casey played in the lowest amount of games he's played in his career, 14. He had one of his least productive seasons since he had gotten going and been a full-time starter in the NFL with only five sacks, 44 combined tackles, five tackles for loss, which is the lowest of his entire career, 10 QB hits. It's fair to say that Casey at age 30 is declining. He is losing a little bit of his burst that makes him so special at penetrating through the offensive line. That is how Jarrell Casey has made his career as an undersized defensive tackle. He's incredibly quick 
off the line of scrimmage. He uses his hands and his athleticism to beat offensive linemen and to penetrate through gaps. He's never been a defensive tackle that is there to take up blockers so that the linebackers can flow and make plays. He was always a penetrator, and that requires incredible burst off the line of scrimmage, and he's not the strongest guy in the NFL being an undersized defensive tackle, so he really does rely on that burst off the line of scrimmage, and as you get older, you deal with more injuries, you start to obviously regress. That's part of the nature of the beast in the NFL, and we did see that with Jarrell Casey last season. So the Titans may be getting off of a player who's declining one year early rather than a year too late. And when you start to factor in the secondary part of this deal that makes it make a lot more sense, now you can start to see why John Robinson pulled this trigger. Jarrell Casey was set to make around $13 million in this upcoming 2020 season, and considering the things we just talked about, about his production from last season, it just wouldn't make sense to pay a player who's giving you that kind of production that kind of money. So the Titans will actually save $11.5 million with this move, and it'll set them up to make one more big splash in free agency if they choose to do so. And that may not be enough for some people to be happy with the deal. Casey has been one of the best players in franchise history. And last season, when he was moved to the edge and taken out of the interior and allowed to rush off the edge for the Titans at the end of the regular season and in the playoffs, he did play some of his best football of the entire season. So it does make sense that some people and some Titans fans would still be upset about the deal. But start looking at it this way. The Titans were probably going to cut Jarrell Casey. Often times you see in the media one of the big insiders will leak this team is looking to trade this player if they're unable to trade their pl- trade the player then they'll be looking to release the player so it seems like the Titans were in that mode with Drell Casey because they wanted to save that money and in that scenario it it looks better for the Titans to have at least gotten something, some sort of value out of Drell Casey rather than cutting him outright, which I think were the two options on the table for the Titans. So that does make the deal look a little bit better, but there seems to be another shoe that has to drop here. The, the Titans are clearing out a big chunk of cap space, and that would lead you to believe that they are doing so with the attention of using that cap space on another splash player. And of course, the number one name that continues to come up when you talk about the Titans and making one more big move is Jadavian Clowney, edge rusher from the Seattle Seahawks, who spent time in Houston, was coached by Mike Vrabel during his career. They're known to have a really good relationship as well. So that's really where this Jarrell Casey trade is is looking like it's taking the Titans, and that's to signing someone like Jadavian Clowney in free agency. Like I said, this does add $11.5 million to the Titans' current cap situation, which based on different per- projections can fluctuate anywhere between 23 million all the way up to 28 to 29 million. We do not have the exact details on the Dennis Kelly and the Vic Beasley cap hits right now, so it's all just a projection, but it does appear that this move would give the Titans adequate space to make one more big splash deal on a talented defender in the free agent market. And speaking of those cap projections, speaking of making one more splash move, let's talk about how we got to those cap numbers, where the Titans could be at based on projections on the worst possible side, on the best possible side, what we could be looking at for the cap hits of Vic Beasley and Dennis Kelly, and then what options the Titans still have in free agency, whether that's making a free agent signing or 
trading for a, a talented tag defender that that's under the franchise tag. So the Titans have a ton of different routes they could still go. And like I said, I am expecting one more big move in free agency from the team. So let's kind of reset where the Titans are right now and what their avenues are for going forward in our next conversation. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do a Titans free agency reset. Let's go ahead and take a look at where the Titans stand right now, where they're probably going in the future, and what routes they even have to go in the future. So first things first, what I want to do is let you guys know the guys over at uh, Football and Other F-Words have a really nice uh, graph. I mean, you can find the information at the different uh, over-the-cap, spot track, everything like that, but it's it's real nice and neat and gives you a good idea, you know, in a step-by-step process of how the cap projections work and what the Titans could be looking at. So me, I like to get the bad news out of the way first. Let's go with the worst-case scenario here. If the Titans don't have a good cap hit number for Dennis Kelly and Vic Beasley and they give them the most punitive possible, they had a front-loaded deal where basically we got to give Vic Beasley his $12 million on the cap and Dennis Kelly his $7 million on the cap. So let's operate from that perspective. The Titans were basically at $39 million, $38 million before they signed Dennis Kelly and Vic Beasley. That's after Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So start there. Let's say Vic Beasley is his full $12 million cap hit. Dennis Kelly is his full $7 million cap hit for the 2020 season. Basically what happens is the NFL for your salary cap takes the top paid 51 people on your team. So you'll see guys who are technically practice squad guys that get added to the roster at the end of the year, you'll see them knocked off the salary cap, and that allows the Titans to kind of keep some money moving around. So somebody like Logan Woodside, Travion Thompson, their $600,000 salaries get knocked off the Titans cap because you got Vic Beasley and Dennis Kelly. Then you look at guys who are going to be drafted. As I've mentioned all week, the Titans have to make sure they save salary cap money for their draft picks. Your first round player is about $2 million. Your round two player is about 900 thousand your round three players about eight hundred thousand that's going to knock off three other practice squad players who will come off your top 51 and basically if Vic Beasley and Dennis Kelly are given the highest possible cap hit that they could get based on their contract the Titans have about 19 million dollars right now that would be pretty tough for them to give a big time deal to someone like a Jadavian Clowney who has just been all over the Titans radar and rumor mill. So if the Titans only have 
about $19 million in cap room after the Jarrell Casey trade, then they're most likely not going to go all out for somebody like Jadavian Clowney. They just won't have enough money to have all of their draft picks and to have any kind of flexibility going forward. And John Robinson has proven that he likes to roll over some cap space as well. So I just don't think that that's the correct projection. That is a worst-case scenario. But I don't think that the Titans would be so in bed with Clowney trying to get that deal done right now if that's the only amount of cap space they had based on what Clowney's probably going to get on the open market. It just wouldn't make much sense. Now, this is the best case scenario. This is more realistic to me than the worst case scenario, but obviously when you have two polar opposites, your answer is usually in the middle. But in the best case scenario for the Titans, Vic Beasley only gets nine and a half million on his cap hit, which is all the guarantees that he got initially up front with his deal. And Dennis Kelly got a backloaded contract that gives him a $4 million cap hit this season, which is something that has been rumored. And then you add in the draft picks, the drop off of the other players due to the top 51, and the Titans are looking at a about $25 million in cap space. So let's take a look at that figure. If Jadavian Clowney were to be signed for, right now, Jadavian Clowney is wanting like Aaron Donald, uh, Khalil Mack type money, and he hasn't produced whatsoever to you know, be somebody to deserve that type of money. Quite frankly, he's an incredibly talented player, but we've talked about all the ups and downs that come along with Jadavian Clowney, and right now you just cannot say that he is on a level of an Aaron Donald or a Khalil Mack based on his production, and and he's not. Even though he's a really good player, he's not that type of player. So I don't see him getting the $20 million, $22 million that he was hoping that he would get, and that's why he's holding out right now and not signing a deal and it's taking a little bit of time because he's not getting the money that he expected to get. So I think Jadavian Clowney could come in at about 16 to $17 million. I mean, if you consider that Dante Fowler Jr. just got signed for about three years, $48 million, we'll talk about that in the next segment as well. You also look at somebody like Eric Armstead who got a five-year $85 million deal. Uh, Armstead was a better player and a more productive player than Jadavian Clowney last year. So I don't really foresee Clowney getting a better deal than Armstead. Probably right right in lockstep with Armstead, if anything. But let's get out of the Clowney zone for a second and just take a look at some other things that the Titans will have to pay attention to. So let's say they bring in Clowney for 16 to $17 million a year and they have about, you know, six to $10 million in salary cap remaining. I mean, the Titans still have a bunch of their own players from last year's team on the open market. Logan Ryan, Wesley Woodyard, Darren Bates, Kevin Panfield, Kamale Correa, Austin Johnson, Tremaine Brock, Mikul Pruitt, Tajay Sharp, and LaShawn Sims. So out of all those different players that the Titans still have, they could bring back some of those guys as well because the Titans will need to fill out this roster. They can't be done building the roster after they get Jadavian Clowney if that happens. And also... Other than Clowney, there are some other options. The Titans could pull off a trade for Yannick Ngakwe of the Jaguars and give him a big-time deal. Also, on a lesser obvious play, the Titans could trade for Chris Jones, the interior defensive lineman of the Kansas City Chiefs, and allow him to pair up with Jeffrey Simmons in the middle and Vic Beasley on the outside and Harold Landry on the other side, and that's a Uh, a really nice defensive unit in the pass rush. So that could be an option for the Titans as well. If they are on the lower end of things, they could look to bring back Logan Ryan 
and I would really love that move, obviously. I've been a big fan of Logan Ryan and bringing him back, even though it was unlikely for quite some time. So the Titans have a ton of different routes that they could take, whether or not they decide to sign Clowney or not. There's still a ton of potential for them out there, but we are seeing a, a lot of the, at least, edge targets come off the board here. I am really trying to keep you guys up to date. I, I worry jumping into this podcast. It's about 8.58, so about 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time here on Wednesday night. I was really worried that I would start recording and then the big news would drop because everyone is expecting the Titans to make one more big move. You don't trade Jarrell Casey for a seventh round pick if you aren't going to use that cap space to try to go all in for this season. So the next move is coming. I'm going to be here to break it down for you guys. And I mean, if it doesn't happen tonight, then I guess it's something that we can expect to happen here in in the very, very near future. But we are going to talk about everything going on around the NFL as a whole here to cap off the show, give you guys an update on you know some trades, give you guys an update on some of the bigger signings as well. There's been some cuts and things like that that have taken place and some action within the division, of course, that, that took place on Tuesday that we didn't have time to talk about. So we are going to get to that, get a league-wide perspective on NFL free agency and get up to date on that in our next segment. Let's do an NFL free agency reset here, and we have to start with, the last time I talked to you guys, the last move that we saw take place was Stephon Diggs getting traded to the Buffalo Bills. So that was kind of the last NFL free agent non-Titans move that I reported to you guys. So since then, we have obviously seen a lot take place, and we can't start anywhere else than Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All of that talk about TB12 and the Titans washed away so quickly when free agency actually got down to the nitty-gritty, and it looks like Tom Brady is going to leave the Patriots and move to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a pretty good supporting cast of weapons on offense and a pretty decent defense as well with a no-nonsense, you know, risk-it-all coach and Bruce Arians who wants to toss the ball all over the place. So very interesting to see Tom Brady somewhere other than New England. This happens all the time with legendary quarterbacks. We've seen it throughout history. Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning. I mean, these older quarterbacks, these legendary quarterbacks, they want to keep playing, and often they aren't ready to quit when their team is, you know, their longtime team is ready to quit on them. So Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a crazy move. That was wild. As expected, Phillip Rivers did sign a one-year $25 million deal with the Colts. Also, just want to say $25 million for Phillip Rivers this season is higher than Ryan Tannehill's cap hit of $2.5 million. Also, Tom Brady is expected to get two years, $30 million a year, which is more than Ryan Tannehill. So the deal that keeps on giving, man, the deal that keeps on giving. Teddy Bridgewater went to the Carolina Panthers. Three years, $60 million. $20 million a season is exactly what we talked about 
in our free agency preview. So that was expected right there. I mean, we didn't know what team he would end up with, but the amount of the contract does make a lot of sense. And the Panthers have said they're trading Cam Newton. They tried to say it was mutual. They've allowed Cam Newton to seek a trade, but Cam Newton came out and said, nope, I wanted to stay and you guys want me gone. So we're seeing a lot of quarterback movement here. Case Keenum will be a backup in Cleveland. He has experience with their new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. So I liked Case Keenum as a possible backup option, but at three years, $18 million, about $6 million a year with $10 million guaranteed, Titans just couldn't afford to pay a backup quarterback that amount. Chase Daniel signed as a backup with the Detroit Lions. Adrian McCarron back as a backup with the Houston Texans. Jeff Driscoll, who I was pretty interested in as a backup quarterback for the Titans, signed with the Denver Broncos. And then Nate Sudfeld, who's one of the better backups in the league, in my opinion, signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Chad Henney, another backup quarterback. And Sean Mannion, another backup quarterback, both signed with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings, respectively. Looking at the running back position, some guys that we we have seen get swooped up here in the last few days. Jalen Richard is back with the Oakland Raiders. And the only real deal of note for any running backs at all is Jordan Howard signed with the Miami Dolphins two years, $10 million. I said if the Titans got rid of Derrick Henry, then Jordan Howard would be a pretty good option to be kind of that power back. Luckily, that won't be something that the Titans need, but I do like Jordan Howard generally as a player. J.D. McKissick, the pass-catching back who played for the Lions last year, signed with the Washington Redskins. And then Taiwan Jones signed with the Buffalo Bills as a backup running back as well. We saw at the fullback position, Derek Watt go to play with his brother in Pittsburgh, and Keith Smith re-signed with the Atlanta Falcons. I am not going to spend too much time on fullbacks, guys. So at the wide receiver position, haven't seen a lot of movement. Randall Cobb ended up signing with the Texans if we didn't cover that on Tuesday's show. I mean, you replace DeAndre Hopkins with Randall Cobb, so... Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> we are still laughing. Uh, Damari Bird signed with the Patriots one year, $2.5 million. Seth Roberts signed with the Carolina Panthers at the wide receiver position. That's just about all we've really seen other than special teams players like Cody Core signed with the Giants and DeAnthony Thomas signed with the Ravens. So those are really just special teams uh, contributors there at the end. At the tight end position, we saw a little bit of movement. Jimmy Graham signed a two-year deal with the Chicago Bears. Darren Fells did sign back with the Houston Texans. And Jason Winton got a one-year deal from the Las Vegas Raiders. That's pretty wild. I mean, if you watched him play last year, he had a little bit of production there, Jason Winton, but I mean, he's so old and they have Darren Waller. I just don't quite understand what what they would need with with Jason Witten there. But also, we just saw, as I'm recording the podcast, that Mercedes Lewis, tight end from the Green Bay Packers, went back to Green Bay. I loved Mercedes Lewis as an option to fill the the Pruitt role for the Titans, but maybe the Titans are just going to go ahead and, and bring Pruitt back. Uh, that would be a good option for them at this moment in time. Moving to the offensive line, Andrew Whitworth re-signed with the Los Angeles Rams. We saw Brian Balaga signed with the Chargers, Rick Wagner signed with the Packers, Brandon Shell signed with the Seahawks, George Fant signed with the New York Jets. So those are just some signings that did take place over the last few days. And, you know, just recently we saw Cedric Abouye sign with the Seahawks as well as they try to repair that offensive line, but I don't think they're doing a good enough job to do so, in my personal opinion. At the interior for the offensive line, former Cowboy guard Connor McGovern signed a three-year deal with the Jets. Ted Karras, former center for the Patriots, signed a one-year 
deal with the Dolphins. The Dolphins are just making so many moves right now with all that cap space. Guard B.J. Finney signed a deal with the Seahawks. They continue to try to fix that offensive line. Austin Blythe signed back on a one-year deal with the Rams, so a lot of movement there as well. And also, John Miller, who had been playing pretty good football at guard for the Cincinnati Bengals last season, was signed to the Carolina Panthers. And then a former Titan and a former Texan, Xavier Suaflio, signed a three-year $10 million deal with Cincinnati to replace John Miller, as we just discussed. And then an option that I thought the Titans may re or may consider as a you know a backup guy on the offensive line who could rotate in as a starter, Ben Garland, a center for the San Francisco 49ers. He actually went back to the 49ers. Niners on a one-year deal. So now we'll move into the defensive side of the ball. And as I mentioned some of those earlier when we were talking about the Jadavian Clowney situation, we saw Eric Armstead from the San Francisco 49ers get a five-year $85 million deal at $17 million a season. And Dante Fowler get a three-year $48 million deal with the Atlanta Falcons to replace Vic Beasley, who the Titans just signed. So we saw that take place. Robert Quinn got a five-year $70 million deal from Chicago, and Mario Addison got a three-year deal from the Buffalo Bills. Ronald Blair, who is a backup on the defensive line for the San Francisco 49ers, re-signed back there as well. Today, we also saw the Chicago Bears cut edge rusher Leonard Floyd, who was picked up immediately on a one-year $10 million deal with the Rams to replace Dante Fowler. Funny how, you know, all of the moving pieces kind of cancel each other out. Emmanuel Ogba signed with the Miami Dolphins, who continue to make an incredible amount of moves. Carl Nassib from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who also had time with the Cleveland Browns, signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Devon Kennard signed with the Arizona Cardinals. We saw Quentin Jefferson from the Seahawks sign with Buffalo as well. They have a pretty intimidating front line. And Bruce Irvin actually just signed back with the Seattle Seahawks, where he was drafted. On the interior, we have DJ Reader signing a big deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. Jaron Reed going back to the Seattle Seahawks. Jordan Phillips signing a three-year $30 million deal, which those deals, three years, $30 million, are just being handed out like candy right now with the Arizona Cardinals. Then we have Michael Pierce from the Baltimore Ravens signing with a deal with the Minnesota Vikings to replace Linval Joseph. Malik Collins signed with the Oakland Raiders. Gerald McCoy, who played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for most of his career and played for the Panthers last year, signed a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Brockers joined that intimidating deal defensive line in Baltimore, and then Linval Joseph, who we just talked about leaving the Minnesota Vikings and signing with the Los Angeles Chargers. The big-time defensive tackle, nose tackle, Danny Shelton, goes from the Patriots to the Lions and a move that'll keep him familiar with the scheme that he was playing in last year. And to replace him, we saw the Patriots go out and sign Bo Allen to a two-year, $8 million deal. At the linebacker position, we saw a ton of off-ball linebackers get a decent amount on their contracts. Corey Littleton goes from the Los Angeles Rams to the Las Vegas Raiders on a three-year deal. Joe Schobert goes from the Browns to the Jaguars on a five-year, $53 million deal. The Jaguars just really don't make any sense, in my opinion. Blake Martinez from the Packers goes to the New York Giants. Danny Trevathan signs back with the Chicago Bears. Alandon Roberts, another Patriot going down to Miami and call it Patriot South Beach there. David Mayo signs with the New York Giants. John Boston 
Bostick to the Redskins. Jamie Collins signed a three-year deal with the Detroit Lions. Guess how much? $30 million. Another one. A.J. Klein, linebacker, signed with the Buffalo Bills. The vet, Thomas Davis, signed a one-year deal to reunite with his former head coach, Ron Rivera, in Washington for the Redskins. Looking at the cornerbacks here, Chris Harris ended up signing a deal with somebody I thought the Titans might target as a slot corner, a two-year, $20 million deal with the Chargers. That has to say something about what Logan Ryan is going to get. Logan Ryan shouldn't get more than Chris Harris in my opinion. So maybe the Titans are able to bring Logan Ryan back for less than $10 million a season, which is what they paid him on his last contract for the last three years. So Kendall Fuller, who I thought was a really good option for the Titans, signed a four-year $40 million deal with Washington. So Kendall Fuller at 25 years old, only $10 million a deal being $10 million a year being such a good slot corner. Just a great option there for the Redskins. Desmond Trufant, who I thought the Titans may take a look at when he was cut from the Falcons as well. A two-year $21 million deal with Detroit. Eli Apple to the Las Vegas Raiders and Trey Waynes from Minnesota on a three-year deal to Cincinnati. Cincinnati loses Darquez Denard to, you know, who was replaced by Trey Waynes to Jacksonville. And then Brian Poole, who I mentioned was a good slot corner for the Jets in our free agency preview, is back on a one-year deal to the New York Jets. Vernon Hargrave signed a one-year deal to go back to Houston. Jalen Mills signed a one-year deal to go back to Philly. We just saw the Cowboys re-sign cornerback Anthony Brown on a three-year deal. And then at safety, we saw Devin McCourty go back to the Patriots. Jimmy Ward go back to the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles actually cut Malcolm Jenkins when they weren't able to agree on a new deal, and he signed a four-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, returning to where he was drafted. Rodney McLeod actually goes back to the Eagles on a two-year deal. We saw two former Cowboys, Jeff Heath, go to the Las Vegas Raiders. They've signed a lot of Cowboys, it seems. And then Darian Thompson re-signed with Dallas on a two-year deal. Justin Burris signs a two-year deal with the Carolina Panthers after they cut Eric Reed. And then Eric Murray signs a three-year deal with Houston in what is considered an overpay. He's mostly just a contributor on special teams and hasn't really been a starter for quite some time. Clayton Fagellum goes to the Miami Dolphins from the Bengals. He's mostly just a special teams player and a third or fourth safety. So right now, that's what we got, guys. I mean, a lot of movement. There's a lot of guys still out there available, people who could be in trade targets, people who are still available on the market. And we've talked about all these guys in our free agent preview series. And Kevin Johnson is a cornerback still out out there that I think the Titans could be taking a look at who's played with coach Anthony Midget and Mike Vrabel in his time with Houston. So a lot of movement still that could take place, a lot of movement that has taken place so far in the NFL. So sorry to ramble all those names off to you guys like that, just list-wise, but want to make sure that you are up to date on all the signings. Now that we have kind of wrapped up this edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, you guys should go check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. They do an excellent job over there getting you guys ready for the NFL draft, which will be the next major event for the Titans after they get through this crazy free agency period. Also, just want to remind you guys before we go, you can tell your smart device to play Locked On Titans, whether you have you know, Siri or Alexa or you know whatever they have for Amazon. Tell your smart device to play the Locked On Titans podcast when you get up in the morning, and it'll be right there for you. So I also want to tell you guys that if you go to my Twitter account, 
at Tic Tac Titans. We are going to have a Friday mailbag this week, so send your questions my way. You can put them in the reviews on iTunes. You can shout them to me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Either way, I will get to your question in Friday's mailbag segment as we go off into the weekend. But for the time being, that will do it for us today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.